You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into a Wednesday edition of the Locked On Podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your co-host, Brian Brown, coming to you live. Okay, so not technically live as you're all listening to this slightly delayed, but I am live when I'm talking into the microphone, so that kind of matters. With a lot of news and updates for your Wednesday episode. In terms of the transfer portal for the University of Utah, the portal giveth and the portal taketh away. And sometimes it happens all on the same day. We'll talk a little bit about what the Utes lost and what the Utes got back from the transfer portal. We'll also discuss the canceled basketball game and what that what position that puts the basketball team in as they head out on the road to start the second half of the Pac-12 season. Utah also picked up a commitment from a preferred walk-on from a local high school. We'll discuss that player, what the potential ceiling for him is, and what exactly might happen for the Utes as signing day 2.0 rolls around here in February. All that and plenty of your favorite ad reads coming up next here on the Locked on Utes podcast for Wednesday, February 3rd, 2021. Back to our hunt day edition of the Locked On Youth Podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, brought to you by our many wonderful and delightful sponsors, including Built Bar, Bed Online AG, some of our favorites here, as you may know by now if you listen regularly, which I know there are quite a few of you who do. We want to take a moment to thank you for listening, for subscribing, for rating, and for reviewing, and for all of our new listeners who have joined in recently. Thank you for finding us. You can subscribe, rate, and review. We ask five stars only, but leave us whatever funny, zany, mean, uh, you know, critical reviews you want. But but make sure you, we get that five star review and rating when you can, especially in the Apple Podcast app and uh, Apple Podcast websites. I am your co-host Brian Brown, your favorite bear in his comfy chair, coming to you on behalf of Jake Hatch, who is. Oh my goodness, Jake has a, a massive week ahead of him this week, and, and I am sending all the good vibes out to him. There's been some, we'll, we'll call it some a contract tracing over at 1280 this week, and so Jake is pulling double and triple duty, trying to make sure that the station is, is on air and, and producing the same kind of content that they do so often that so many of you do enjoy. And we send out our best wishes to Jake. If you want to donate some cookies, send them to Viv and Smart Home Arena, care of Jake Hatch. He will definitely need them. Love you, Jake. Today's episode is going to be a little bit of a up-and-down episode. A big news day on Tuesday as the University of Utah lost in my opinion, their number one wide receiver, Brian Thompson, to the transfer portal. A lot of questions surrounding this one. Was the writing on the wall for this? Why was it a delayed announcement? What What's the, the circumstances behind it? Where might he be going? And we want to get into that right away. There's no use in, in beating around the bush on this one. Losing Brian Thompson to the transfer portal is a massive loss. 
He was, without a doubt, the most athletic, the most talented wide receiver that Utah had on the roster. His potential and his ceiling was absolutely NFL level. We saw the highlights in the offseason, his ability to run routes, the speed and precision at which he uses his feet, his footwork. He is an excellent ball catcher, uses his hands more often than not. We've seen him get loose and, and create some really big plays. I believe in 2019, he averaged 20 yards per catch, which should tell you a little bit about where his game is. He is very much a guy who can stretch the field that longer Let's call it a mid-range throw. I think anything 15 to 30 yards is probably mid-range in football. Deep throws are or more 30 yards and, and further. But Thompson has a lot of skills. And, and I think part of the reason that this one stings so much is because he's a player that I don't feel like Utah really used to their to his maximum potential. And that, in my opinion, is the biggest reason why he is leaving. Thompson wants to play in the NFL. A lot of guys have dreams of playing in the NFL. But like C.O.C. Mariner said when he left Utah, I love everything about the program. I love Utah. I didn't want to leave, but I knew if I was going to have any shot at going into the NFL, I needed to post some numbers. And I think we've seen what the priority for the program is with their uh, rating of the transfer portal at the running back position and, and also at the quarterback position to a degree, I think bringing in Charlie Brewer and Jaquinton Jackson was a strong endorsement of what Utah wants. They want a capable quarterback, but they also want a guy who can run the football. That was the reasoning for Jaquinton Jackson, and they want a guy who can protect the football. That was the reasoning for Charlie Brewer. We've talked a few times on this podcast about how Utah is never going to be a 75, 80, 90 play a game type team where they're throwing the ball over the field. They're always going to limit the, the number of plays in a game to protect the defense. This program is founded on defense. It's defense that's got them to this point. It is the defense that leads the way even now where the majority of talent that we see going into the NFL, it comes from the defense Defensive line, now linebackers, always the DBs and safeties. We've seen a few linemen make it in the NFL. Running backs, now a quarterback with Tyler Huntley, who had signed a futures contract with the Ravens as as they cut uh, Robert Griffin the third. But you really haven't seen a whole lot of production out of the wide receiver spot. Tim Patrick, Kalen Clay, probably the only two in the, in recent memory to make it to the NFL. And that is a very serious indictment on what's going on at the University of Utah. I, I do believe that Brian Thompson was every bit an NFL caliber wide receiver, and he was not used to his full potential. I think we saw Utah try to use him a little bit more in the sweep game in 2020. And I want to point out that it's not Thompson's fault that he didn't get the ball enough in 2020. They they thought that they had a quarterback who could step in and play and, and get the job done. And unfortunately, that quarterback was not up to the challenge mentally, and that transferred over into how he played physically. Steve Bartle at Zone, my compadre, my friend, my homie, my bash brother, uh, he wrote an article after the Washington game highlighting how many times the quarterback missed open wide receivers downfield. More often than not, that open wide receiver was Brian Thompson. The bottom line, if you're a wide receiver, you're not going anywhere to block. Uh, you're going there to catch footballs, to score touchdowns, and to post numbers. 
and Utah has just not been productive with the wide receiver position at all. Some of that, in my opinion, is that they try to protect the football too much. I do really believe that the Utes overcoach their players to avoid turnovers, especially at the quarterback and wide receiver position, and that there is not enough slack, leeway, room to grow for those guys to where they can kind of make some mistakes and turn the ball over. It is so, so, so critical to this program that they win the turnover margin every week because in the past they weren't able to create turnovers as fluidly and as frequently on defense. I think that's started to change. I think we've shown this year that Utah is the kind of defense that can create turnovers and create scoring opportunities. They're getting the kind of athletes that can really make those kinds of elite plays. They're doing it early on in their defensive careers, and that's very positive. I think that Utah is going to show a lot of growth in that respect. But unfortunately, they're not letting loose the wide receivers on the on the offensive side of the ball. We've seen Brant Keithy get some production. We've seen Britton Covey get some production. Uh, Samson Nakua here and there, you know, he he had some injuries in 2020, and so it wasn't his most productive year. But we really haven't seen Utah implement Brian Thompson the way that his skill set dictates. You never see University of Utah run wide receiver screens. And I know that everybody thinks that it's not an effective way to to go about things, but I'm, I'm telling you that Brian Thompson is the kind of guy who can make it much more effective. He was a great over-the-top threat. He was, uh, you know, I think he struggled early on with injuries in his Utah career. There's there's no doubt about that. But that doesn't mean that Utah couldn't have found ways to use him more. We saw them late in the season in 2020 trying to use him in jet sweep action. And I think that this is a stark sign to them that they've got to figure out a way to use their wide receivers more effectively, more efficiently, and more often if they really want to be able to recruit highly at that position, they also need to start developing some guys. They need to start producing some guys who can go to NFL rosters, who can get two or three years on there, maybe four. They need more Tim Patricks. They need to find some reliability at that position. It is a position where Britton Covey has kind of been the dominant force, and, and Covey is an explosive player. He's very unique, but he can't be your number one receiver. He's got to be the change of pace guy. And I sometimes wonder if maybe they lean on him a little bit too much for all the reasons that we know. He's reliable. He is explosive. He is athletic. He can somehow teleport on the field and make defenders miss. All that stuff is true. But I do think that this is a wake-up call to the program, to, to the coaching staff that if you're going to bring in elite wide receiver talent, you've got to make sure that it produces and that it's functional. I think we've seen rumors in the past of Solomon Enos wanting to enter the transfer portal for the same frustrations and the same reasons. And you've got to feed those guys the football. If it if it costs you some turnovers, that's something that I think you can afford to live with now on the defensive side of the football. You're good enough. You're in deep enough stop teams. Last year, I think, was a great example. That was a team that was super inexperienced, and they bounced back and and grew really fast. And so I think there will be a shift in the mindset. I think it's really unfortunate that Brian Thompson decided to leave when he did. Uh, I think some of that is probably based on the fact that the catastrophe, the tragedy, I should say, more apt, uh, of Ty Jordan's passing really affected everybody and really shot the timeline of the program kind of out of out of whack, so to speak. But uh, this was something that I feel like Brian Thompson probably had a, a good handle on for a while. 
and it's really sad to see him go because he's he's a great player and he, and you know he's a good kid as well. But I think probably more disappointing is that the early rumors, the early buzz, is that his destination of choice is Oregon, and that's a tough loss to lose your best wide receiver to a conference rival and a conference opponent. Uh, people can judge and and say what they want and. This is this is I don't think in my opinion you can fault a wide receiver for wanting to get more touches. I think this is a a wake up call as I said to the offensive side and to the program as, as a whole that there needs to be more done to get wide receivers involved in the game plan and, and I my suggestion obviously is throw a few wide receiver screens if you have to bring back the RPO a little bit. If you're going to be a run-based opponent, you've got to take some shots down the field if you're running the ball a lot. Sometimes I think that was effective for Utah. They seemed to lean more towards Samson Nakua when that happened, but a lot of it is going to be required, going to be on on Utah to develop a quarterback who can get that job done. And my question, quite bluntly, is is Kyle Whittingham prepared to deal with the fallout of a quarterback who might have to struggle through some mistakes in a year where they definitely feel like they can make a run in the Pac-12 championship and they're not they're not alone in that assessment there are plenty of uh, prognosticators and media members and and other folks that really believe that this program has an opportunity to win a Pac-12 championship so if that's not the direction that you're going to go in can you be a good enough team running the football to where you don't need to have you don't need to to go all the time through the air in order to move the ball? Or can you find some balance in how you use your wide receivers, your weapons like Brant Keithy, and all the running backs together to find some cohesiveness and keep everybody happy while also winning games? I think that's a tremendous challenge. It's one that I'm actually looking forward to seeing them tackle. And I think that Andy Ludwig is the kind of guy who can get really creative and find some ways to get that done. That being said, it is a tough loss for the program. The good news is they also got something back from the transfer portal. And we'll talk about it right after we talk about my favorite, Built Bar. I had, last night, I had, uh, I I went out and some of you are on Twitter. You may know of the Twitter Open. It's a little uh, tournament that uh, I, I participated in last year and signed up again this year. But here's the problem. My golf game is not where it needs to be. And so I'm starting early this year. We're going to get some work in. We're really going to grow and develop. We're going to put in some spring ball type hours into the golf game and make sure that when we come out for the Twitter Open that we're firing down the fairways and hitting our greens in regulation. And and the brown bear is is going to roar much like the golden bear used to and just like tiger does as well. I want to roar down the course and I can't wait to see everybody on the 18th as I walk off in my red golf shirt and get to lift that Twitter open trophy. But in order to do that, I've got to be able to make sure that I'm fueled properly. So I went out, had dinner, did did the golf thing, came off and what was I craving? Something sweet. I wanted a reward. I felt like I put some good work in. But it's later. You know, and I'm watching my calories, trying to lose some weight. And so what pops into my head is the perfect snack. You know it. It's a built bar. So I went home, cracked open my favorite cookies and cream, and it was the perfect satisfying snack right before I 
took care of everything I needed to do before bed. It's only 160 calories, 18 grams of protein. My favorite flavor is cookies and cream. Jake and I have talked about all the others, Cherry Barcia, Orange, Mint Brownie. There are 18 different flavors that you can go after there. So you can pick whatever one that you feel like is your perfect dessert satisfying type bar. And the best part about it is it actually does taste like dessert. It is it is an incredible product in that it uses real chocolate, has a low amount of net ca- net carbs, has a lot of protein in it, and is legitimately good for you and tastes good as well. So get to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code Locked On, get your 20% off, get your initial starter kit if you haven't already, try them out. They'll send you all sorts of different flavors. You can pick out your favorites, and then the next time you order your box, you can fill it with your favorites. And you'll be just like me, happy, satisfied, and ready to roll the next time you're out there to compete. So get built, just like I am, with Built Bar. Remember, 20% off, BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code Locked On. Okay, I teased it before. I teased it after the first segment. But there was some breaking news, courtesy of our good friend Steve Bartle, who has been on this story for a while, that Jalen Dixon has withdrawn from the portal. He will return to the University of Utah. And I think that this is a very positive development for the Utes. He is a terrifically fast wide receiver. He started to really show some talent development towards the end of the 2019 season. He became a bit of a go-to weapon for the Utes. He was more than just a deep threat. He started to get some touches in the jet sweep game. They were starting to use him with some... Uh, with a variety of different packages. I believe he caught a few screen passes even. And so Jalen Dixon in 2020 was looked at to be one of the key cogs of this University of Utah offense. He was supposed to be the guy who's going to lift the lid off the defense and allow the underneath to really open up as he's done more than more than a few times. And, and the great part about him is that you know, some of those times where you're trying to maybe use him as a decoy, he might actually be open. And so if you have a great deep throw, beat deep ball throwing quarterback, easy for me to say, a lot easier for me to do too. Let, let me tell y'all, uh, then, then Dixon is just a terrific weapon, but he unexpectedly entered the portal in 2020. I think it caught a lot of people off guard. There was speculation that maybe he wasn't happy with his role on the team. There was other speculation that maybe it was a health issue, I think that we can come to the conclusion, based on the fact that he's withdrawn from the portal and returned to the University of Utah, that there was probably an alternative circumstance, let's call it that, that led to his initial departure from the football program. Given the surrounding issues at the time with the conference, with heart conditions, with COVID, with everything like that, It doesn't seem outrageous to maybe draw a conclusion that Dixon had some sort of issue with one or the other that was not allowing him to be cleared to play. Your natural reaction if you're a player like that is to, well, I want to play. I don't want to sit out. I'm going to transfer. I'm going to go see if there's somewhere that I can go play if there's some sort of issue that might be preventing me from playing. It's even possible to point at... The conference maybe being the catalyst for this and that with all the upheaval from COVID and and the 
concerns around the myocarditis and the heart concerns and, the, and all those issues that initially showed up as, as players started to test positive, it is entirely conceivable that all those issues could be a big reason why he entered the portal. It's also very conceivable that maybe the coaching staff realized that they knew all that. And so that's why Kyle Whittingham's willing to make a different concession in this respect to bring a player back to the university of Utah. Who's maybe he's cleared those health conditions. Now, maybe whatever it was that was preventing him from, from seeing the field has been resolved. And so because it wasn't necessarily Dixon's first choice, because it wasn't necessarily Utah's choice, that maybe there could be a concession here. And I think the biggest thing that we're seeing with Kyle Whittingham is a consistency of if there are other outside concerns or conditions that may have influenced you to transfer, I'm willing to have a conversation to let you come back or to bring you back. And I think that's a very positive development from Kyle Whittingham. I think Joe Williams is a great example of this, where it was more of a concern and an issue with his mental health. And so Utah was willing to welcome him back with open arms, where I think Kyle Whittingham has drawn the line when it comes to the transfer portal is when guys are abandoning the program or leaving the program. I think abandoning gives the gives a negative connotation but I think that it is to a degree they're abandoning their commitment. They are leaving. I don't think of it as a negative because every – I've said it before. I support every player that wants to make a choice for their betterment. This is an incredibly difficult sport. People do not see or understand the mental toll that this sport and playing at a high level, especially at a program like Utah that is so competitive and so demanding. They don't see or understand the mental toll or the mental breakdown that happens when you do that. I think it's really interesting that Andrew Bogut talks about how hard it was to play under Rick Majerus. Uh, in his most recent podcast, Rogue Bogues, it's it's a tremendous listen. I highly recommend it because he gives some really great insight into what goes into the mental aspect of being a player at a competitive college program. I don't think that Utah coaches are abusive or mean or anything like that, but they are definitely of the upper end in terms of expectations and demands for your effort, your energy. And as a former player, I can tell you there are days where you just don't have it, especially at practice. Practice can be very, very dragging. But I think that Utah's really unlocked the code in terms of making practice fun, making it high tempo, making it competitive. And that's really helped a lot of the guys who have come into the program to be very successful. We have seen a few leave. But it's pretty clear to me that Kyle Whittingham is willing to make those concessions to allow guys to come back into the program if there are extenuating circumstances. That being said, I think it's great news that Jalen Dixon is back. It is a rough day when you have to lose Brian Thompson, but it is a great day when you get a player the caliber of Jalen Dixon back and you do not have to worry about an initial because Utah is cutting that margin razor thin. Utah's not the only team that cut a margin razor thin. As we turn our attention to one of our favorite sponsors, Bet Online AG, uh, I am a fan of their services. We both, Jake and I, both use them here on the podcast. They've they've been very generous to us as as hosts and allowed us to uh, have some opportunity to other systems and everything like that. Uh, I've had a few people reach out and ask me questions about it. I'm always happy to answer questions. Feel free to shoot me a DM. 
the process to sign up might be a little trickier, a little challenging at times. Uh, this is an offshore gambling site, and, and there are reasons for that, which I would be happy to discuss in the DMs. But as we're talking about razor-thin margins, let's talk about last yesterday's Dallas Dime. It was the Celtics at minus three. Lo and behold, the Boston Celtics beat the Golden State Warriors 111 to 107. When we're talking razor thin margins, a one point victory over the spread is about as thin as it gets. But we take victories however we can get them. And if you took the advice last night, then you're probably posting your Donald Duck gif of his of him counting his dollar bills. Hashtag trust the process. There was never a doubt. And now you have more Skittles in your Skittle box or your Skittle bottle or bag or wherever it is that you keep your Skittles, your Skittle account, than you did the day before. And that's what's great about Bet Online AG. They allow a variety of different bets, a variety of different options. You can do parlays. You can do teasers. They have prop bets on there. They have all the Super Bowl prop bets up. So if that's something that you're interested in or enticed by, it's definitely something that I would recommend you look into. BetOnline.ag, you get a 50% bonus if you deposit money and use the promo code Locked On. Remember, that's 50%. So if you put in... $500, you get an extra $250 to play around with and win even more. It's a great deal. Go to betonline.ag, enter the promo code locked on, and go get you some Skittles. Wrapping up the show for a Wednesday, uh, kind of a newsy heavy day. I, I want I, Jake and I will definitely try and break down what losing Brian Thompson means, what what getting Jalen Dixon back means a little bit more. We do need to get to some news and notes. The running Utes, uh, the men's team, will no longer be playing at uh, against, I should say, Arizona State on February seventh. That game was postponed due to COVID-19 developments within the ASU program. It's going to put the Utes into a tough stretch. Uh, They'll have to reschedule two games, a home and an away game, heading into the second half of the league schedule for the Utes and the Devils. I would expect that they'll probably try to do something where they just play a back-to-back at one location or the other just to try and get the games in. Utah will now take take on Arizona on Thursday uh, February the 4th at 5 p.m. on FS1. They'll get some extra rest after that one and then have a four-game road swing uh, due to the postponement. Uh, it's going to be a very interesting uh, couple weeks. We've talked about it. I think there's a lot of wonder about what this team might do going forward. They've shown some very positive developments recently, and, and the hope is that they can continue those and maybe – steal away some games and come into the Pac-12 tournament with some confidence, and who knows what can happen then. I also wanted to talk a little bit about uh, another. So signing day is actually today, second signing day. It's going to be probably the quietest signing day on record with the new early signing period. Most kids are not waiting till the second. Utah did make an offer to a 2021 wide receiver, a player by the name of Bryson Reeves. He is a... Talented, tall, wide receiver from La Canada, California, St. Francis High School. Uh, probably one of the top uncommitted players in the state. 
this is his first Pac-12 offer. He has kind of a, a multi multitude of skill sets. So he could either be a wide receiver or a safety. I saw someone mention that he's basically Eric Rowe 2.0. But he is uh, kind of an under-the-radar special for the University of Utah. He's 6'3", 185, runs a 4'4", 840. So he's got some speed. His offer list is fascinating. He has offers from Boise State, BYU, Cal Poly, Colorado State, Columbia, Dartmouth, Harvard, Liberty, Nevada, Princeton, Utah, Vanderbilt, and Yale, just to name a few. Um, so this is this will be what's called a blue shirt offer, meaning that he will uh, have an opportunity to work out with the team, but he won't actually um, count against the 2021 class. He'll count towards 2022. Sometimes we call it a push forward a or a blue shirt. It just sort of depends on what the circumstances are for that. But an interesting pickup, and it does sound like he might be uh, a guy that would – would do that. And then not every player is uh, open to that kind of an opportunity because the, the guarantee is, is a little bit dicey. You know, you kind of have to pay your own way for that first little bit, but he does sound like he is very interested in the offer. So it's one to keep your eye on, I guess a great size, great frame. Be interesting to see what happens with that one. Utah also picked up a commitment uh, from Luke Tucker out of Lone Peak high school here in Utah, and, and Tucker is an intriguing prospect. This was a PWO offer, so he won't be on scholarship. You won't have to use him, uh, you know, use an initial on him. They don't count. We've talked to him before about how important walk-ons are, and I think Luke is a guy. The athleticism is there. The frame is there. He will need to develop when he gets to the University of Utah, and I think that's what makes him the most intriguing. We saw with Zamaya Vaughn that some of these guys can step in and because they are in the right mindset, the development comes almost instantly and they're able to see the field very quickly. And that's a great sign if you can get a few walk-ons on the roster. Devon Bailey is another one that we've seen have some success for the University of Utah. Walk-on guy. So kind of a, a, an interesting little tidbit there. Very football-heavy episode today. I appreciate all of you listening especially on these episodes where it's just me and I'm sure I can get a little, little bit droning on, but luckily today we had some good news, uh, some not so good news, but the bottom line is we wish all these guys the best, especially Brian Thompson. Wish you the best. I hope that you uh, find the spot that you're looking for. If it does happen to be a team that plays Utah in the future, I actually hope that you lose when you play against Utah, but I will cheer for you in every other single game. Uh, good luck to you and welcome back to the full Jalen Dixon. Great to have you and welcome all welcome on uh, well, Luke Tucker. It'll be exciting to see what happens there. That's it for today's episode of the Locked On Utes podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you, Utah fans, Utah family. We love you. We appreciate you. We're here for you. That's all we got for today, Wednesday, February 3rd, 2021.